Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Kit Magazine podcast, the show that aims to help you tell your Malia for your Malaga. Kitmag is an online and print magazine dedicated to football shirts old and new, the designers, the manufacturers, the collectors and the players' clubs and tournaments in which they were worn. Details of where to purchase the magazine, prices and the contents of the current issues are in the podcast summary and will also be at the end of this episode. So, to introductions, uh, I'm Alex, known as Wonderkits on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm a Manchester United fan from Manchester. I collect 90s long sleeve mainly club shirts, so bright colours, bold sublimated patterns and Rick Shakar. Um, in particular, I collect 90s Knight Dortmund shirts. I'm too off completing that collection. So over to you, Rob. Hi, Alex. Uh, I'm Rob Fletcher. I'm a Millsborough fan. Collect the whole series of Champions League shirts and I've won um, one or two raffles to bulk up my kit collection over the months and years. Um, and I also collect... Um, Ajax shirts and a little bit of Borough. Hello all, my name is Adrian. I'm Football Shirt Taller. Football Shirt Taller? Yeah, I am. Um, I collect Roma and Syria Ash shirts. I'm a Roma and Swindon Town fan. I'm currently in the final stages of collecting a Syria Ash shirt for, yeah, shirt for every team that's been in Syria since 1993. And last but not least today, um, our guest is uh, Tom, who's a writer for Kitmag. Hello guys, I'm Tom, also known as a Shirt Fan on Twitter. Uh, I collect mainly Chelsea shirts, as I am a Chelsea fan. And then a bit of everything, really, with the rest of my collection. A lot of uh, iconic name sets, that kind of thing. And then a little bit of Calcio Light, like Adrian does. So this might not be the um, most successful concept for an audio-only podcast, but which shirts are we wearing today? Um, I've fished out this salmon pink 96 to 99 Palermo home shirt. So it's classic kappa, got this nice engineered grain in the fabric, um, thick elasticated cuffs, this occasional white and black pinstripe that breaks up the, the solid colour. And of course, you've got beautiful uh, embroidered badge. So what, what are you wearing, Rob? I've got Millsborough away shirt from 94, 95. The first season we had area making our kits and the only time apart from this season we've ever worn a, a natty jade green colour. So there's a bit of two-tone stripes going on, a bit of but mustard striping going down it maybe and a classic Dickens sponsor. Looking good. Okay, I'm uh, sure this will be no surprise to anybody who follows you uh, on Twitter, Adrian, but what are you wearing? Uh, today, Alex, I'm wearing a 1995 Roma training jacket. It's got Asics taping all the way down the sleeves. It's got a large lepetto on the breast. Um, what can you be? You can't be um, something like that on your breast. And uh, finally, Tom, what are you wearing? It's a very personal question, that Alex. But um, I was going to go topical, but the Lukaku shirt has gone in the bin. So instead, I'm wearing the Chelsea third from 2018 with one of the homegrown heroes, Tammy Abraham, in the back. Great plan. So on to some news and happenings in the kit world. Uh, first up is Atalanta released a Christmas shirt, but unfortunately didn't quite go to, to plan. As our resident Serie A and Football Italia expert, Adrian, do you want to explain a little bit about uh, Atalanta's mistake? I would be delighted to uh, to go into that. So actually, the Kit Mag ran a little feature on Christmas shirts during December, and that was teams that released kit in the lead up to Christmas. There were a few from Germany. Uh, a few from Italy and Atalanta have been releasing a Christmas kit for charity for uh, two or three years now. Um, 
and they came up with a cracking effort this year. So it was, it was a lovely, um, was it blue? It was blue, wasn't it? Blue Atlanta shirt. And then it had a fantastic skyline across the bottom of it, which looked fantastic, you know, silhouetted skyline. The only issue with it, and it was a slight issue, is that the skyline was not of Bergamo, um, but it was actually of Turin. So, you know, lovely shirt, but completely the wrong city uh, across the skyline. Tremendous effort, though. I mean, it would have worked nicely if uh, if they'd got that minor detail correct. Ouch. Still, um, it's a nice idea to try and factor in some uh, local landmarks into to a design. Uh, Rob, if uh, Borough ever made a Christmas shirt, what sort of local points of interest could uh, they include in the, into the design? Um, time Bridge, perhaps? Yeah, the Time Bridge, uh, the Sage from Gateshead, I suppose, the Metro. Oh, so, hang on. That's Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, Middlesbrough. Yeah, I mean, Middlesbrough is full of landmarks. Um, just give me a little bit of time to think and I'll... Um... Yeah, yeah, we've got some hills. Um, we've got some dual carriageways. Uh, we've got some shops. Um, we have actually got the Transporter Bridge, which would probably be on there, to be fair. Um, maybe the Riverside Stadium, so we could get, you know, two... Actually, the shirt's got a transporter bridge and a borough badge on, so maybe those two two things we could have maybe on a Christmas shirt for us, but we're not blessed with loads of landmarks at borough. But one thing is, I can't believe how that shirt would pass in the Joma offices. A quick little Google, at Atlanta Skyline, get it on Microsoft Paint, whack it on a shirt. Yeah, how that happens is just crazy, isn't it? Did you have Atlanta signed up in it as well? You'd have thought so. Or someone's seen it before it's a been released to public or the club. Surely someone in the club said to them, "We can't release this because it isn't Bergamo." So they released a, um, a Christmas mouse mat at the same time, uh, based based on the shirt. And the mouse mat's actually got the crest skyline, which is the interesting thing about it. So they got it right on the mouse mat, but not on the shirt. Those mouse mats will have sold like hotcakes. All those people with those new iPads at Christmas using their mouse mats. Well, Pat, next Christmas, uh, Juve can release a Christmas shirt with a picture of the Bergamo skyline in return. Um, OK, so from one glamorous corner of the UK to another, Adrian, you're from Swindon. What sort of features could you pick up in a Swindon town Christmas shirt? Oh, I don't know where to start. So uh, we've got we've got white horses from the Stone Age. You know, we can have a little white horse across the background. Um, the John Murray building, I think it's called the John Murray building, uh, the tallest building in Swindon. It's about six seven stories um so that could that could form a nice part of the map um and we've got the macarthur designer outlet as well which you know um is is the greatest thing to come come out of swindon since um glenn hoddle's promotion winning team in 1993 we might end up having to go into uh go into the sleeves with all of those oh the magic roundabout as well i don't know how you do that in a skyline but Oh, you, um, you could have that sublimated into the numbers on the name set, yeah, couldn't yeah. you? You know that yeah, those really nice, nice details you get on those numbers. You could have that'd be good. You know, that'd so be good. many roundabouts, and, and then you could put yeah, and then you could put the numbers in any order you wanted because you can yeah. go around that roundabout in any direction you like. So you know you wouldn't necessarily be number twenty-one. You could have number twelve on your back if you wanted, and it'd be okay. Ruined shirts would be out of a job. <laughs> we need to copyright some of these ideas. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say I'd love to see a chicken palm Middlesbrough shirt. That would be great. Well, oh, that's a missed opportunity. For, for any Borough fans, there's a few Borough kit collectors out there. They'll have never had a chicken parmesan in my life, which is pretty much like in Middlesbrough, never stepping foot out of the house. 
is probably comparable <laughs> to not having one. So, you know, it's on my list for 2022. It's one of those manifestations that I've got written down for 2022. So I'll let you know my, my, how I go with that. That's weird because um, I lived for three years in, in Borough and I've had quite a few Palmos. And uh, I live in Manchester now. And actually, there's a pop up Palmo place just opposite my work in, in centre of town. So it's reached, what, 120 miles away before it's even got to Rob's front door. Oh, what about Meadows Farm? Well, I think he ate everything that was on the farm, so there's probably none of it left to actually put on the shirt. <laughs> he definitely had a palm. Uh-huh. I reckon there's a feature in there for you there, Rod. You could like do a, a weekly 30-second video, different Middlesbrough shirt every every week, eating a, eating a, a chicken palm or whatever they're called. Like, yeah, I could do a little spilling one as well, couldn't I? You know, people go into that oh. kind of like, you know, messy food stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. You could even put it on the pod. It could be like ASMR. <laughs> Um, and, and Tom, finally, you've probably got the toughest job. Um, are there any London landmarks? Oh, I can't think of many. Um, oh, I don't know. It's, it's spoilt for choice, really. What would I like to see on a, a Chelsea shirt, though, I guess? Just have uh, loads of We've already had it. that. Chelsea but, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the Kremlin, Smiled. maybe? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is Chelsea pensioners. You could have uh, Thiago Silva and Azpilicueta on there. See, we did have, in 2018, we had the Stamford Bridge-inspired shirt, which was kind of all the girders and, and rafters of the stadium that was that made up the print. Um wasn't my favourite shirt, but, yeah, in terms of landmarks, yeah, uh, a little bit tough in West London, I guess. But So uh, another person who appears to be struggling with their geography is the uh, Atletico Miniero postman. Rob, do you want to explain the situation? Yeah, the Manto de Massacre. Um, it seems that obviously it's one of those things where sometimes when shirts come out, people are desperate to get them, just like a lot of us are, especially if you you know it's something that other people want. We often kind of get drawn into those sorts of things. But it does seem odd that everybody sort of ordered one from the club where you'd imagine it would come quite, not quickly, but you know, you'd be first to get it. Um, and then only to find that what classic football shirts have got it. Um, I think Mike Ashley's car boot sale had it as well. Um, There's probably a few others who had them, but it does seem a bit odd that people who bought them from the UK six months, was it, after people who'd ordered them from Brazil actually got them, which, you know, must be pretty annoying, to be fair. Um, As for the shirt itself, for me, it's the most overrated shirt that I've seen for quite a long time. Um, A lot of people who've got it said it looks good, but, yeah, an overrated one for me. Never... Sometimes those big massive graphics don't always do it. Doesn't do it for me. Was it ever worn in a match, that shirt? That's the, the thing I, I haven't figured out. It depends where the club got the stock from, I suppose. If they got the class of football <laughs> shirts or Sports Direct stock, they probably did. But if they're waiting from the club shop, probably not. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm a, I am a fan of the, uh, the the content and the discussion that is created amongst the shirt community. I think that's the the greatest gift that uh, this shirt has uh, has given us. I, I think it's a great idea. Obviously, the fans designed it, and it, it was a competition win, wasn't it? Which is you know lovely, lovely little story. But, um, but yeah, I don't like the shirt itself. But um, I hope those that, that have finally received it um, treasure it. And Tom. Uh, see, aesthetically, I I do quite like it. Um, I, I haven't bought it, and I don't think I will. But I think it's good to see Lecoq Sportif come back and and relevant again. Because again, especially as a Chelsea fan, their kits in the eighties were 
they're like the holy grail for a collector like me um so it's good to see them back and I, weirdly i really like the the collar and the cuffs I, I really like those details more than the the map itself i just think the colors work nice on on, on there yeah it must be uh incredibly frustrating um so have any of you had any previous delivery uh nightmares with your own shirts um, I mean, depending on your feeling about Borough shirts, Ajax shirts and Champions <laughs> League shirts, you could argue that I've had a feel every time something pops through the door. But I think a lot of the time it's when you get stuff off eBay, isn't it? And you, you kind of find them from the back of beyond and you're trying to get them. But to be honest, half of them are quicker than UK sellers a lot of the time. You get them, some of them in 48 hours, especially ones from like Italy and Central Europe and stuff. But I've probably, I've only had a couple that have been a bit dodgy. I got a, well, it's, not dodgy because it was Lazio, but dodgy because I think it might have been a fake or like one of those fan shirt versions. But again, I sent it back and it was it was all fine. But yeah, I've never really had one that I've waited months and months and months for, to be honest, because generally, if you know it's coming from abroad, you know it's going to take six weeks possibly. But yeah, never had a massive, massive fail. Not yet anyway. Tempting fate there. Adrian or Tom? Touch word, I've not had any issues yeah other than having to sit tight and wait maybe a few days longer than I expected but um yeah nothing to report I'm afraid yeah same for me not really any delivery issues more you know individual error on my part where I've not looked at something properly and it's come through ruins I'm sure everyone's seen the Atletico Madrid soul shirt recently that's haunting me at the moment yeah um I don't know whether you want to go into that time if it's uh, not too painful a memory oh so, so I've actually had it for about six or seven months I've had it a while before he signed for Chelsea so it's an Atletico third shirt with the the Futura logo so I endeavoured to kind of complete that set apart from the the Tottenham one obviously um and it I've I've put it onto Twitter on ShirtX actually uh to try and recoup a bit of money as Sol's not worked out very well at Chelsea and uh it's been pointed out to me that the accent is wrong on the print so it should be over the U and it's actually over the A, which I'd never noticed before. Should have done my due diligence. And also the, the sleeve sponsor is on the wrong sleeve, which is another thing I didn't spot. So, yeah, unfortunately, I've missed the boat to send that one back. So where, where did you get it from, Tom? Because you might want to just give them a, an, you know, an advertising plug there. <laughs> well, see, I don't think I can even blame it with them because I got it from the guys at SoFab Sports, who are actually great. And normally they do point out the uh, the print errors. I've had shirts from them loads of times and they've turned up perfectly. But yeah, this one, I think I was just a bit too eager and, and went for it without probably reading the description. I think that's the one that um, Athletic have sent to Chelsea as well, isn't it? The Saul with the sponsor on the wrong sleeve and the accent. They've sent like a <laughs> yeah. terrible twin brother. <laughs> I mean, there is another story this year. Sorry, there is actually one story didn't didn't um, affect me, but um, Buffon going to Parma, obviously massive story this year, and they've uh, they capitalised on it as as you would expect by releasing what are they on about their fourth fifth goalkeeper shirt now. The first couple have been fantastic, then they've done the um, the, the debut um, shirt redesigned. But the, but there the have been a few people that when they received their uh, the initial. Buffon shirts looked at the numbering and weren't weren't very happy with um with the numbering the number one on the back um looking like it had been done incorrectly and quickly contacting the the club directly to complain about about the shirt um and actually it was the it was the font and it was a style of print is, is that true Tom did that happen to anyone 
Oh yeah, I think I think that might have been me as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, I jumped the gun, got my tweet out as quick as possible. Suddenly realised that it was completely intended to look like that. So I'm, go, go I don't know why you've got me on, really. I know nothing about football shirts. <laughs> Uh, so as we start New Year, it's maybe time to look back on our favourite kits of, of 2021. Um, so for me, being a, a Dortmund kit bore, it's probably not surprising that be, uh, the the Null Neon Special Edition 4th shirt that was released, um, tribute to the 95-96 away, second time that, that BVB won the league. Really, really nice uh, sublimated design, celebrating some of the most important kind of historical moments of the, the 90s. Um, also, they're available with a nice retro number set. And it's actually been used in a game, which uh, I think really adds something uh, to it. Uh, Dortmund as well, a lot of these things go out very limited edition. But this did happen initially, but then they reopened it and left the window open for a couple of weeks. So anybody who wanted one had this opportunity to, to grab one. I mean, that's not stopped the prices sort of doubling in the, the first couple of months. But um, yeah, that'd be my call. So, Rob, what about you? I'm going to go for one that I bought this year, I think, to keep it sort of relevant to me for 2021. Um, I actually really love the Ajax home shirt. Um, it's a really different design to all the others. It's got red down the middle and white at the side. Um, but one of the really, well, one of the good things that we're about was they use the old badge from sort of the 1980s kits. And then the name sets that they use, they've got, which I still need to get, actually, they've got the old badge sort of printed within the numbers and there's no names on the back as well. So that's pretty cool. I think it's just, it's obviously it's difficult to create a radically different um, Ajax home shirt, as Adrian will agree. But I think trying to do something a little bit different within their sort of confines of design, I thought there was some some nice touches within that. It doesn't have to be sort of crazy for me to be the best shirt of the year, but a couple of nice touches in that one, I think, made that one for me. And Adrian? I'm going to go for a very, very late entry, um, and that was the Palmer charity shirt. So I think era, um, are we saying era or era? Rob, you know you're the aficionado. Area. 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 I mean, Palmer haven't had a decent shirt for about 19, 20 years for a start. Yeah, it's a great kit during the 90s and early noughties. So it's been a little while. Um, area, not, I've not been a massive fan of their kits. But, um, but what Palmer did is they released a special charity um, shirt for the local children's hospital, uh, the Petro Burilla. Um, and the shirt took inspiration from the building itself. So it's got like um, toned sleeves to represent each side of the building, which has got um, toned glass. Uh, and it's also inspired by the uh, 1991, uh, was it the Coppa Italia they won in 1991? So the shirt that had the, the sleeves on from there. I think it's a really, really, really nice, smart shirt. It looks fantastic. If anybody hasn't seen it, give it a Google, have a look. Um, and it was a really limited run as well. So they only actually released 200 of them, which is absolutely nothing if you, th- you, know, if you think about limited releases nowadays. Um, £80 delivered, 200, 200 run. It's just a beautiful shirt. So um, for me, that's uh, that's definitely gets my number one vote. Excellent choice. Uh, really nice shirt. Um, and Tom? See, I would... Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I, w- I would go for the Inter Milan home shirt, the 21-22 shirt. I think when it first came out, I was a little aghast at it because it is quite garish and it is fairly different. But as the season's gone on, I've grown to love it. I think it's 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 just a great shirt. It's really different. It's still, you know, identifiably an Inter Milan shirt. But we often talk about, you know, it's quite hard to to verge too far away from the traditions of a home shirt, like Rob was saying with Ajax, but 
I think they they have done a good job, like of making it an Inter Milan shirt, but pushing the boundaries of how far they can go with the design. If there if there was one uh, complaint I'd have about the shirt, and I understand why some Inter fans don't like it, is because the dark blue should be more black. I think, which would make it even better. But I just I just love the the balance they've struck with it. I think it's a really great shirt. And um, are you having that with or without non fungible tokens? Uh, see, I don't I don't like what what those the, the whole crypto non fungible token thing is and, and and what it means but I, I prefer shirts to a uh, match ready if you like I, I like them with all the details and that's how the players wear it on the pitch so yeah I, I prefer it with the with the sponsor also I think it it breaks it up a little bit as well um, but yeah I mean we've had distasteful sponsors for years haven't we so I mean yeah this one's not much different in that respect but yeah it look it looks great on the shirt I think. So um, if you were to put your money on it, which club would you bet to be the first to feature a board ape on their newest strip? Oh, I saw Reese James has joined John Terry on that whole <laughs> NFT thing, which really disappoints me. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So um, a seamless segue. So we're talking about the kit of the year 2021 uh, so the kit of the year 2020 i think was the forward madison drip shirt and tom in issue two of the mag you uh, wrote a piece uh, covering the the uh, club and it, its shirts and the designer so maybe if you want to give us a, a quick overview of that sure yeah so i was really lucky uh kit mag we, we were invited down to go to classic football shirts in london to see the unveiling of forward madison's newest shirt uh so Ian kindly asked if I I would go along to that, um, and it, it was it was really good. You know, we we got to meet some other members of the the kit community. The shirt the shirt union guys were there, uh, eighty football as well, um, and Cassidy Stepinski had flown over from Miami, and uh, she was there. And she's sorry, she's I should introduce her. She's the designer of the of the shirts for Forward Madison, um, so she was able to kind of talk us through the thought process of of that shirt and also of what Forward Madison are trying to achieve in general as a club and particularly through the design of their shirts. So yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting interesting day and conversation. <clears throat> so what is it you love most about uh Forward Madison shirts? Uh so to be as diplomatic as I can be, I don't own a Forward Madison shirt. Um that said, I, I I admire what they are trying to achieve with their shirts. <clears throat> and that is, uh, essentially, Cassidy told us that the aim is to create shirts that will get people talking and create conversation online and through social media. Um, you know, they're, they're a third division American side. I'm sure most people before 2020 had never heard of Ford Madison. And I mean, we all know who they are now, so you could say that they have been successful in what what they've tried to achieve um all of their kits are very distinct and like I said they always cause a big fuss whether you like them or or you don't so you know they're successful in in that respect I think it's quite an interesting sorry I think it's quite an interesting concept isn't it actually for those teams that are lower down the leagues especially in America where they're probably not making a lot of money the fact that they are supplied by 
classic football shirts and you can buy them all over the place. Just shows it's it's a very, very clever marketing tool, isn't it? A football shirt. Whereas I suppose we think now it's just a bit of a machine for those top tier clubs, isn't it? Churning out shirt after shirt, four or five shirts a season. But at least they've tried to do something a little bit different. I'm like, Tom, I'm not. I haven't got any forward Madison shirts. But you can see what they're trying to do. And I think there's probably a few teams in England who would um, sort of benefit from things like that. It brings to mind Bristol City with their like pre-match Hummel shirts as well that are all a little bit jazzy and a little bit out there. And kit collectors or or whoever might see that and think, oh, Joe, that's a little bit different. I don't mind buying that for 30 quid or 35 quid or whatever. It just, yeah, it takes you a little bit away from the norm, I suppose, especially with it being a... Um, a different kind of brand than what you would normally associate with um, popular football shirts. They had the um, beer token QR codes on it as well, didn't they? So you can buy a, buy a fan in the stadium a, a beer when they're watching the, watching the match and things like that. You know, I, I think it is that you, you've all hit the nail on the head. It is very clever. It's a great um, a great ploy. But play devil's advocate, isn't there a, a fine line between good marketing and actually a gimmick? I mean, it's a third division American team. Um, I, I don't know the history of Fort Madison. I, I do apologise if I get this wrong, but they probably didn't exist five, six, seven years ago um, and probably won't get much bigger than they are now. It's just, for me, football shirts is about the history and you know, and the longevity of it and the backstories. I think that's one way to look at it. I mean, I, I'm the same as you. You know, I, I like shirts because of the history, like European club shirts, like to know who scored in it, what the team won this year. But there's a whole group of different group of football fans who are really about the aesthetics and these sort of shirts are uh, designed to to appeal for to them. A um, lot of different examples. I mean, there's the is it Piccadilly FC who have the uh, the tube inspired design. That's fantastic. Not something I would collect, but but really good. And uh, it can go even further than that. So Icarus have the imaginary ancient league with these uh, invented teams. And again, not something I would have, but but it's all very sort of clever and creative. And I can understand that there's a different market to us that would be be really into that. I think to be um, to play devil's devil's advocate, I think it's it's better than say like Napoli releasing a shirt because it's the start of Advent, you know what I mean? Or it's you know the tenth day of Easter or something crazy, you know what I mean? I think it's one of those things where at least they've done something a bit different rather than clubs that are releasing third, fourth, fifth shirts, seven goalkeeper shirts, something a bit different, I suppose, isn't it? Great, they've achieved what they wanted to, and. Um... We all know they are. They noticed, which was their mission statement. So, Tom, it's a fantastic article you've actually written um, in the magazine, and I, I read it in depth and closely. Um, Cassidy, the designer, forgive me if I'm wrong, um, wasn't she? She actually actually designs them for the club. So it's not actually Hummel that are coming up to be designs because a lot of the, uh, the, the the plaudits and accolades out there over the last uh, 12, 18 months have been how great Hummel are. Um, but Hummel are just manufacturing the design that's effectively handed to them. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That was actually one of the most interesting things I, I found through talking to Cassidy. So she'd been, she actually came from a, a baseball uh, kind of background. She was designing uh, shirts for baseball teams and uh, she kind of got involved with Forward Madison because of her design work. And yeah, you're right. Hummel, they just set up the manufacturing process for the club, but the design work purely comes from Cassidy and her team. Uh, Hummel has pretty much zero input into that process um but they obviously get their brand stamped on her designs and they help set up the the manufacturing of it but um yeah it was it was interesting because i guess this must be quite a widespread 
practice in a, a lot, especially a lot of lower league teams up and down, well, everywhere, all across the world. And yeah, there's probably a lot of designers out there like Cassidy that don't always get the credit for their work. And they're um, they're really sort of dramatic, distinctive designs. Um, did she give you any indication of where the designs or the inspiration for the for the shirts came from? Yeah, so uh, the drip pattern she mentioned. Um, it's, it's a funny story, actually. She said that uh, it came from her TikTok algorithm, and I did say to her at the time, "Well, your algorithm is very different to mine. I don't see." Uh, any uh, arty things on my TikTok, but that's that's down to me, I guess. But uh, yeah, she said that she saw, uh, I've forgotten the name of the technique. There was a technique that she saw on TikTok and it was like a drip dry in like ink and palettes and stuff like that. So she, she said that would look great on a, or she thought that would look great on a football shirt. And uh, I think she, yeah, she she mocked up her her designs based off of that technique. And uh, they have really unusual palettes. Um, so, so where did that colour scheme come So that, that comes from, from uh, the club's nickname, which is Mingo, F- F- Go Full Mingo, I think is like their, their slogan, catchphrase, however you want to put it. Um, and that comes from the area forward Madison. Apparently it's a very popular garden ornament to see a flamingo placed where we right. would have a, a, a little gnome in a borough shirt or a, or a Swindon shirt. They have a flamingo in their front garden. So... Um, yeah, the the pink that's where that's where that comes from, um, and that's a, a color they always use in all, in a lot of their kits. Great, thanks, Tom. And uh, just a reminder that Tom's article is in issue two, which is uh, available on the Kitmag website. Okay, so on to the first Kitmag quiz. So Rob and Adrian up against each other decide that the loser has to post a tweet extolling the virtues of the other's account. So there are three questions. In each case, uh, they're all about kits, but they have a number of possible answers and you're going to bid up as to who feels they can answer the most um, or give the most correct answers. Okay, so first question is, there are nine Premier League kit manufacturers this season. How many can you name? Five. Think you can go higher, Adrian? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, how many are there? Uh, there's nine. I'll go uh, seven. Near them. <laughs> I was trying to pick a figure that would make it hard for you if you try to go over it. Uh, okay, name them. Um, let's go with Umbro, Nike, Adidas, um, Hummel. Yep. Castore. Absolutely. Kappa. Four more. Yes. Four more? That was five, wasn't it? You got sorry, yes, yeah, so you got three more now. You got six. Kappa. You've, you've got six. You've got Adidas, Kappa, Umbro, Nike, Hummel and Castore. Uh one more. Y- yeah, I'm I'm gonna just check out a manufacturer out there in the hope I'm right and it's not right. Uh I'm gonna say uh what, what have I got? I've got six. Um what trainers do I have? New balance. Afraid not. So you could have had um, Puma, Puma. Oh, I've wiped them. I've forgotten all about Puma shirts. So um, uh, yeah. or Kelme. Okay, so Rob one nil up. So, that was easy. Uh, next next question. Um, going from from very modern to to a classic. So the Holland eighty eight template, very famous shirt. 
I don't know exactly how many there are, but uh, how many do you think you can name of clubs and countries that have used that template? So we'll start with Adrian first. Four. This, this could be one of those bluffing thing, techniques, isn't it? Where he knows three, <laughs> but he's thinking if Rob says five, no one in the he world can, knows five it, apart yeah. from a few people. Um, so club and country, you can... Club and country. Right, go on, I'll say five. Okay, let's go for it. So we're excluding Netherlands. We've already... Can you do more, Adrian, than five? Excluding what, Holland, can I do more than five? Um, definitely. Yeah, I can do six. Oof. Go on, then. Do six. Um, I'm going to leave the different the ones I'm not sure of at the to the end. Okay, so um, Russia or CPPP or whatever we're going to call them. Yep. West Germany. Yep. USA. Yep. Morocco. Yes. Ipswich Town. Yes. Um, Very impressed already here, Adrian. Did Portugal have one? They're not on my list. They're not on your list. That's disappointing. Um, how many wrong answers can I have? Uh, I have one more. Uh, I said Morocco, yeah? Yep. Almost feel yeah. like you have two points for that, but not quite. Oh, Dortmund. Dort- um, Dortmund had one, didn't they? Excellent. So you're on what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, one, one, one. <laughs> uh, Are there any I've met? I mean, there are loads, but what else? What, well, what were well, you going to say, Rob? One you missed. You, go on, Rob, yeah. Uh, I thought, did Yugoslavia have one? Yeah. And East Germany. Mm. You said West Germany. There's also an Argentina <sighs> template, uh, Bochum and Porto. I'm sure we'll be told we're idiots on, on, on uh, Twitter and there's a uh, hundred more, but... Um, okay. Stripes. Uh, just a, just a, uh, just a blue, just a blue. All right. No this is all harvested, harvested from a CFS thread. Uh, okay. So, 1-1. One, one. So, so, the decider um, is sponsors. So... I have a list of nine Newcastle sponsors. How many can you name? So back to Rob to make the opening gambit. Is the decider? Five. I can't do six. Okay, so Rob, name them. Right. Newcastle Brownhill. Yep. Fun, 88. Spot on. Blue Star. I'm having that. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a Blue Star. Um, okay. Green Alls. Yeah. And McEwen's Lager. Is Blue Star not Newcastle Brown Ale? I thought, yeah. Is the Blue Star not Essex or, yeah, or, or, or yeah? Blue Star could be McEwen's. Let me try and think of another one. They've definitely had another one. Oh, NTL. Excellent. Well, that, that, that's no arguments there. So, Rob is the winner, 2 1. Um, so you could have had Centre Parks, I think, covered for the team in Europe when you didn't have alcohol sponsors. All right, um, and then uh, sort of continual thread of like uh, financial crisis. We're so Northern Rock, Virgin Money, and then remember the criticism around Wonga as a, a sponsor as Wonga, well. Yeah. 
So congratulations to Rob and expect to see a fawning tweet from you sometime soon then, Adrian. Yeah, I'll do it for my CBT account. <laughs> so we're going to finish this week with our, our feature Kit Room 101, where one of us gets an opportunity to uh, bin off something that we dislike in the world of shirts. So for me, it's uh, putting modern printing on, on retro shirts. To me, it's like um, putting a Von Dutch cap on the Mona Lisa. You know, you spend all this time ensuring the authenticity of a shirt, paying a lot of money to make sure that it is a, a genuine vintage and then slapping some cheap plastic print on it. There's a very big distinction between the fantastic creators out there doing repair work. Obviously, it's inevitable some shirts get damaged and there's only a way to repair them. But I think just augmenting a, a, um, effectively a piece of history with uh, with some cheap newsprint is, is really doesn't sort of work. And I think it causes issues in the future as well, because you can look on eBay and you can use the clues to assess the authenticity of a, of a shirt. But then how do you know that the print's genuine? It makes me really reluctant to, to buy any printed shirts that are vintage, because unless you are responsible for yourself, um, you really don't know what you're you're buying. So what do you guys think? Yeah, it's an interesting one, actually, because I think when you see shirts for sale, whether it's on eBay or any of the sellers that people use, it does give it that extra little edge if there's a name set on there, doesn't it? You kind of have, like Adrian was saying before, about history and memories, and it really brings it to the fore. But I think when you sort of start looking into it and it's a newer name set that's been put on, you kind of think, well, yeah, that looks cool still, but it's not quite not quite right. It's not quite the original shirt, is it, if you're getting something with a modern one on? Different if you if you repair and other parts of it. I've, I've probably got no problem with that if it's missing the the sponsor or missing the logos you know go crazy get it all on you know what i mean but i think the other thing is there are some um sort of sellers who provide just like the the prints and the name sets and they have original ones as in like from the 90s or early noughties like that i'm all for because that you sort of maintain and the quality of the shirt you maintain the fact the shirt is original you're using the original prints I know that people do reproductions that look great. Don't get me wrong. I'd probably be hard pushed to tell the difference. But I think knowing that it's a reproduction, it just just doesn't quite feel right for me. Uh, Adrian? Yeah, just following up on Rob, what Rob said there, I've got a couple of shirts. Um, no surprise, some some Roman 90 shirts where I've had uh, totty name sets added, but they've been done with the original name sets, with the original materials. And it's from my uh, personal collection, so I'm not going to be looking to, to move it on or sell it or profit from it. Um, two angles for me. One, I, I do think it does ruin what are, let's be honest, are antiques almost. You know, you've got these original antique shirts um, and then you'll, you'll to some extent ruining them by putting something else on it. Um, and I think from a, a seller's perspective as well, you know, it costs, what, £15 to whack a name set on a shirt? There's certain sellers out there that just seem to be putting big, big name sets on their shirts, knowing that they can ask for 50, 60, 70 quid more for the shirt. Um, you know, some out there, you know, they tweet the front of the shirts, guess guess which shirts we've had come in. And you can almost run, run a bingo card on um, on what the reveal is going to be with the names on the back of them. Um, that sort of thing does, uh, does, does great a little bit for me personally. But I can see why there's a market for it. And uh, Tom, we've discussed your dicey record with name sets. So well, what's your opinion? Yeah, I think uh, Adrian's right, really. There's the two things for me is if, if it's your shirt and you, you aim to keep it, I think really it's kind of up to you what you want to do with it. I mean, I've had 
uh, name sets put on some old 90s Chelsea shirts. I had a, a Viali one done by Footprint, and it's original flock print, which is great. But um, I, I'd go a step further, though. I, I, I can't stand it when you, you see those like uh, vintage shirts and they have the vinyl name set on what should be flock. I think that really should get in the bin because it's it's like a desecration, you know? It's like it adds no value to it and it, it's ruined the shirt. Okay, and so with that, we come to the end of this first episode of the Kit Magazine podcast. We hope you like it. We had fun making it. So I'd like to thank Rob, uh, Adrian, and our guest Tom. So you can give us feedback or interact with us using the hashtag KitPod and follow us on socials. So on Twitter, that's at KitMagazine underscore and on Insta, it's at KitMag underscore. Thanks for listening. We hope you tune in next time for the next episode of the podcast where we'll be discussing in particular Rob's article on Champions League winning shirts. For those wanting to buy the magazine, issue two, which has articles on Adidas EQT, uh, Dortmund's 90s night shirts, and Tom's article on Forward Madison, is available from kitmag.co.uk. It's priced £6.50 for a physical copy, a paper copy, uh, or £3 for a digital. There's also issue one, which has articles on Bobby Moore match-worn shirts, uh, Inter in the early 90s, and Puma designer Rob Warner's career, and that's available also for £3 on the website.